RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. All right, we heard last week, late last week, that River of Freedom had made it into the top 10 of box office. Well, I guess you call it, it's like a hit parade, isn't it? The top 10 of the hit parade at the box office in Aotearoa, New Zealand, after only, gosh, a week or so, I think it was, or just over that I went and saw the premiere in Wellington. So we thought we'd talk to Gaylene Barnes, the director of River of Freedom, to get her reaction to that and find out, because she's been asked so many questions about making it, but to find out how it's been since it's been out there, the premieres are now out in cinema. So Gaylene, thanks for coming on RCR. Thank you. Okay, so interesting interesting to see how things have sort of come together after the um, production is finished and it's into a theatrical environment. So what has the last few weeks been like for you? Um, it's been stressful getting the film finished and then getting it uh, ready to go into cinemas. And I remember sitting in the uh, suite and watching the it by myself, the final cut yep. at, in the Auckland um, theatre. And I didn't move and I thought, oh, yeah, no, it's okay. It's good. <laughs> Was there anything that niggled? Because I, I know that there, there's always something that you go, oh, maybe I could have just tighten that up yeah. a bit or dry. No? Oh, yeah, of course there is. Yeah, but, but it was I, good, it was good I, to go. I had to let it go, yeah, because I could have I fiddled around for another year. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, no, uh, we uh, got it got it finished, and um, we were always wanted to do these premieres because um just wanted to bring it to the uh, – the big cities, unfortunately, couldn't get it to Invercargill, but um, so we got it. Why, to why was that? Um, it's just a uh, time and organising, and it just actually took a lot of effort to organise those premieres. People were saying no, you can't play it. Yes, they are actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, in Invercargill. Um, yeah, so we, I think the furthest south we've been able to get it is Omaru and Wanaka. Um, yeah, so. The, we're, the hard work then really put it, was fallen on uh, the distribution team, which is led by Heidi, and she's been sort of um, talking to all the cinemas for the last uh, quite a few months. And um, we had a, a few of them who were really supportive and who took, took it on pretty much straight away. So we had about 12 cinemas um, signed up after the premieres. But I, the reason I wanted to do the premieres and get the big crowds in there was because I knew that, that the people wanted this film. This is a film that was made by the people for the people, and it's a pop. It's a film that's for them, and I'm really never strayed from that at all. And um, I, so I, I, we felt confident we would uh, get people into Auckland and Wellington and Christchurch, and then that might inspire the cinemas to take it on, because if the cinemas take it on. Um, then it just becomes more mainstream. It's out there in the world and anyone can go and the wider community can go and see it. And that's where the information needs to be because I don't think this protest is over. And this is where, you know, the politicians didn't listen to the protesters in Wellington. And we're, I'm really hoping that the wider New Zealand will listen to the protesters now. The protest isn't over. That's interesting. So is this movie out there released, is that a continuation of the protest? They weren't heard. Yeah, it's, no, I know. Yeah, so I, I, I 
it's just an opportunity to be heard. And I feel that that's what the biggest um, outcome has been. Like uh, we're getting comments saying, this is, I'm going to go to it for my third time because it feels like I'm going home. Wow. And wow. Uh, so we have people going to it twice, you know, more, multiple times and bringing their friends, bringing their family and, you know, just, you know, and I'm doing the same, saying this is what it was like. These are the people we met and um, this is why we were there and and it's safe and it's okay, you know, we're not, we're, uh, the, the narrative that was spun about us, about the people there, um, there's BS. Another, another story. Yeah, um, BS, I call that. Um, I, obviously, I went to the premiere in Wellington and I watched all the live streams at the time. I wasn't there. You know, I kind of wish I was now, but, um, but hey, we all do what we can and what we're doing now is what I'm doing now is what I can. But so I do remember you know, the real-time sort of look of it, you know, as it was happening, when it was happening. But one thing I did think of again, and it and it reminded me of the emotions watching it at the time, was that here was this group that was, yeah, demonized, totally, but you could tell your soul knew that this this was a beautiful thing. And to see a beautiful thing so denigrated and, and thought, by people in the way they thought about it, 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 it's hard. It's hard to take, I reckon. You know, what's wrong with them is what I thought. Mm. Yeah. It's that's... so obvious. It's beautiful. <laughs> that's At least what... I'm missing something. <laughs> I, I filmed uh, Dingo who said that, yeah, he was a, a harmonica player at the, at the protest and that's what he said exactly those words it's a beautiful thing we you know you've you've i i felt sometimes watching that i've said it before here that i i felt like i was looking at god's children uh you're gonna make me cry paul because <laughs> one of the I last felt, just what the, i felt and and i guess I it just, generates yeah. a bit of anger to know that and i know some people who were just so scathing mm. One of the last comments I found um, on when I was editing the March, the second thing, was this um, girl, and she'd been there all day, and the police had just been a little brutal, and she's just yelling at them, look at what you're doing, look at what you're doing. We're the children of New Zealand. Mm. Why are you doing this? You know, and, um, yeah, that, that um, yeah, really upset me because that's, uh, there were a lot of young people there. They were the children of New Zealand. And look at the way they were being treated by the police at that time, the way they'd been treated by the politicians, the way they'd been treated by their probably their friends and family. Well, that's the thing. And then the media had not even listened to them. And that's their job. Their job, the media's job is to uh, hold the powerful to account and speak for the children who can't speak for themselves. So, um, you know, I, this film just, you know, was uh, right from the beginning, something we had just had to do. We just kept doing it, and I I finished it. We put it out there. We got some amazing music, got some amazing team around us, yeah. you know, so, to enable the film to be way bigger than I ever thought. And now it's out there, and it's just been um, received uh, beyond my expectations, to be honest. And um, I'm really proud and I'm really happy that people are enjoying it and finding some sort of relief and hope in it. And um, I, yeah, um, the one thing I've noticed it's the, at the end of the screenings, there's not 
it's not a revolutionary film, but there's just a gentleness. There's just a spirit of um, gentleness. It's the only mm. word I can describe it. So I think that, and, and just a bit of Kiwi, good Kiwi spirit that we're well, okay because they're good people, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the hard thing to, to accept. And I saw it at the Springbok tour time as well. There was a kind of division then, which went down to family level. But to, you know, there's the Kiwi way and the Kiwi spirit, but there's a flip side to that as well, turns out. What is that? That's the negative side of the Kiwi spirit, which was actually a majority, just, but a majority at that time. I think that was one of mm. the most disappointing things, wasn't it, that um, New Zealanders let this happen to other New Zealanders? Yeah, so... Uh, and how 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 can we move through that without passing judgments? <laughs> I mean, those harsh judgments came to the people at the protest, and you know, to those who chose differently in terms of their choice, health choices. Um, uh, yeah, so I think there's just a quiet uh, reflection happening, and if we can move through it without keeping those judgments alive, because that's not going to help. Yeah. It's a hard thing to do. I mean, I'm feeling very judgy, but <laughs> you know, you just you, I know yeah, what you, you mean. Move past it. <laughs> yeah, and and that's a a thing that separates people from people too. That sort of that judginess, mm. but it's 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 a it's also a, an emotion that you know is reasonable. I've heard people who um, I'd heard in the past criticised very severely. Um, maybe people at that protest and certainly the reasons why they were there who now seem to have had a bit of a change of heart. I won't name names, but there are some obvious ones. Do you think that's really genuine? Because sometimes when people realize they've missed the zeitgeist, whether they believe it or not, they'll jump back on what they think is the is the right thing because you're, you're standing pretty well naked otherwise. But I mm. suppose that's okay. It gives permission people to step down from another position i guess yeah step down from their pillar of righteousness yeah because <laughs> uh, honestly they need to step down quietly and or because otherwise yeah we'll chop it down right yeah yeah <laughs> well you've given them and, and that's a good thing because that mainstreams the thinking now doesn't it mm. and it's kind of what's needed you must know every millimeter every frame of that movie now mm -hmm. yeah i've watched it a few times um it's taken a year to edit. Um, yeah, and I, every time I see it, I, sometimes I'm not quite sure why I've made decisions. And then, yeah, it's sort of, I realize, you know, there's something that happened earlier that that's speaking to, you know. So there is some good things in there that I, I know I'm, I'm really happy with. Um, so it's now in 34 cinemas across the country. Wow. Yeah, like this, just this last um, week. Oh, so we started off with, 12 or 14 and then there was less than 20 cinemas when we managed to get that box office you know top 10 which is if this the, the cinema uh, the film above us i think it's called the haunted mansion it's at number nine <laughs> it was, i know right there's some really bad films out at the moment but no there was there was uh that was it had 60 screens so we're not even able to get into the um large chains so we're doing those numbers on mostly provincial cinemas and Crikey. a couple yeah. in Auckland and, uh, you know, a big one in Auckland and big, and one in Wellington. But, you know, we have not been able to get into a Christchurch cinema. 
Um, so, you know, please. So what's just, their damn problem? Um, well, I, I'm actually trying to get a statement from them, yeah, just to find out. what. And who is. is them? Is it one or two management or? Oh, well, there's about four or five uh, cinemas in Christchurch we've, we've been approaching. Um, and, and in Chicago, it's a big chain. So we've just, they don't normally take New Zealand documentary because, you know, it's not a popular. Yeah, but if, it, if it's getting them in, who cares, right? Well, they probably didn't realise it was going to get the numbers in. Because <laughs> <laughs> of their, their, what was it, podium of arrogance. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so we, we're shifting things now, and if people can keep going to the theatre and keep keep it up, then we'll get be able to get it into Invercargill, and we'll be able to get it into – we've got it into Dunedin, actually. No, we have it in Dunedin, so that's good. Okay, so there's a difference between maybe not usually hosting or, or playing a New Zealand documentary. I get that. It's you, You'd think that was a small market. But when you realise that it's in the top ten, I'm sure they take notice of that. It's like if you're in the record business, you take notice of the top ten of the – if they still have that, I don't know. So uh, are the holdouts ideological in the end then, do you think? I, I, I think it is, yeah. I mean, they're, they're some of them are very adamant. They just don't want to talk to us about that movie. Okay. All because right, I it's, mm, yep. Because it's political. Well, it might be too challenging for them personally, actually. Yeah, if yeah, that's right. You know, we can't really uh, make any comment on why. We can't but, read minds, I know. But I do want to find out because I'm keeping notes. <laughs> You're taking names. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, you Well, look, I think there's a great story in the story of the film too, there's you know. Another, another show Might make it that. a little memo. Okay, I'm going to tell you the bit of the movie that stood out most for me. And there were plenty of amazing parts but it was the only because i thought it was the most cheesy thing i've ever seen in my life the vaxathon oh my god i nearly coughed up the popcorn at that point <laughs> it was so cheesy so embarrassing that it, i i can't think of anything that would age worse than that if you're in it right it was a real low point in new zealand culture yeah, I mean, it kind of said it all. Not only did it look stupid and pathetic and immature and all those sorts of things, but when you kind of thought through what they were doing, it was quite sinister. Yeah. So Yeah, they were giving away <laughs> treats uh, to get a jab. Yeah. Get the jab, get the treats. Get the jab, get the treats. And all those personalities and celebrities local celebrities le lunch legends in their own lunch boxes in there very bad choice to be in that i would have mm -hmm. thought so yeah. that's the moment that stood out for me okay it's a bit difficult it's a bit of a difficult question for you to answer you know every every moment of that and you know the content that you didn't include what is the is there anything in the film that that kind of hits everything in one go Mm. Hard to say, isn't it? Well, maybe um, Katana's fighting speech, that's what I call it, um, where she talks about um, we will remember um, how, you know, how do you strip men and women of their dignity and mm. then offer it back to them like nothing happened. Yeah. And we will remember all of it. 
you know, it's, uh, yeah, I put that speech, yep, right in the heart of the action. Have you heard from any... Sorry? Oh, she does start by saying it's a love for our children, you know, because that's why most people were there. Well, you can feel the love through every bit of it. This is the thing. And if you couldn't feel that, there's something wrong with you, but I'm not going to be too judgy on that. Any politician approached you or said, hey, I watched the movie, um, good job? Have you had any of that sort of feedback? Uh, no, no, not at all. Um, yeah, I was trying to be balanced around the <laughs> politicians. You mean the the ones who were actually in, uh, well, no, not, in well, Parliament any, at the time? Well, that's most of them. That the 120 single, of them. Uh, yeah, single one of them. Yeah, who, none of them who came out. And despite the fact uh, that we had some very good opposition at the beginning, which is why, mm. you know, I put that at the start of the film, yeah. and then to, for them to know what was coming, know, know that there was going to be pushback, and then when pushback happened, to not do anything. Why do you think they caved so easily? Well, well, well the National Party knew it was happening. At, and I, I just hold a lot of contempt for them, actually, because... They didn't. They held back. Were they under Jacinda Ardern's spell? I talked to David Seymour on this program, and I asked him about that. And he told me that first of all, there were no leaders. That's not an excuse because in 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 things that just come together, you don't have an organizational structure in place before things just come together. So, but his biggest complaint. Or, or the thing that it seemed to annoy him the most and and made him stay in the parliament was that schoolgirls were inhibited from walking down the streets and um, uh, abused for wearing masks. Okay, that's what he said. <laughs> then someone, when I mentioned that after that interview, then a lot of people texted in who were obviously at the protest said, they were coming in to be fed for free. What the hell are you talking about? So it's a pretty know. lame excuse, and there's no excuse. Yeah. Uh, it, that, you know, it could have ended a lot quicker if they were just had an actual opposition voice who were who had some guts and who weren't cowards. That's a very interesting question. It, it kind of was made out, you know, if someone had just come to the door and said, all right, we hear you, you know, and, and sort of kind of entertained the folk for a little bit that it, people would have gone home, that wouldn't have been enough, surely. There needed to be an acknowledgement of uh, the pain that they had caused through their legislation, at least. And I think that might have been enough. It would have been enough for the majority. Yeah, but it would have had to have had something meaningful, like, okay, we feel your pain, but we're going to keep on <laughs> putting it on you. I mean, that's not well, going to fly. Yeah, but at the time, it was already in the death throes of this whole COVID pandemic. Yeah. You know, it was at that point, it was just punishment. There was It was making no sense whatsoever. No. So, yeah, absolutely. They had to actually, yeah, say something and, and agree, okay, we're going to, we're going to, you know, cease this whole nonsense in a couple of weeks. And then that probably would have, would have helped potentially. You wow. know, uh, it's just like, yeah, I, I don't know why they uh, felt that they couldn't come to uh, sit around a negotiation table with thousands of people or a part, part, camped on their front lawn, supported by hundreds of thousands of New Zealanders as well, 
And then a poll came out saying 30% were in support. So it's a, not just a small, uh, you know, upset, minor, upset minority. It was um, shame. That's why shame. It's got to be. Yeah, cowardness. That's all very well to sit in the parliament and make great speeches about, you know, in opposition to things, but actually to front up and put your put, you know, put your voice out there. Well, they I call that all mouth and no trousers. I think <laughs> <laughs> all all trousers and no mouth. I don't know which way round that goes. All right. Well, I think you've done. I mean, you've made a a, a great creative product, but also I think you've done. And the others who have made productions too um, need to be mentioned here too. But you've kind of you, you've done something that the nation needed to to have. You know, you've created something that I, I think is was needed, and and I think that'll be because already people are saying this should be shown in schools, right? So that people realise what it kind of means. Mm. Mm. It'll probably have its. Um, um, that life later on yeah, yeah. And, and i do want to uh, make a little cur- curriculum to go with it <laughs> yeah yeah so we're working on that with um the new zealand teachers speaking outside so. <laughs> yeah right well okay that's another story but basically you're saying look at this you can never let this happen when you grow up you can never let this happen yeah you gotta nip and it you- in the bud hey yeah well great to catch up with you and it was nice to meet you at the premiere and um uh, what an incredible experience for you and and the production team and the producers and the everybody involved and and I'm sure a lot of people whose whose footage was included will be sort of proud that they've been able to contribute. So thanks so much for talking with us and let's see what happens from here on in. Yeah, keep our eye on this. <laughs> Thank you. Got to be a sequel. The tsunami of freedom, right? The yeah, tsunami, the sequel. <laughs> Well, what are they, they guy who used to voice all the trailers in a world? You'll be good at that. <laughs> yeah, good. I'll, I'll do it for you. Just, just say the word. All right. Okay. Nice to catch up. Gaylene Barnes, director of River of Freedom. Cool. Thanks so much, Paul. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.